recording now? Are we live? Yeah, we're recording. Oh, we're live. Okay. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Hockey fans, welcome to Hungry for Hockey. Hello, hello. Episode 35, as 35. we just found. Yeah, 35. We we're trying to think of a famous goaltender in, uh, with the number 35. Tony Esposito. Hey! Oh, hey. I, know that, Grant. I knew that. I should have known that as a Hawks fan for sure. Hey! Yeah. Was he a goalie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was he good? I, I don't know. Was he I heard good? something about him. Hall of Fame or something? But did he win the cup? <laughs> Well, th- welcome to episode 35. As we mentioned, I am your host, as always. My name is Grant Chung, and I am joined by both of our co-hosts this morning. It's it's a uh, it's a pretty pretty rare occurrence nowadays because <laughs> our resident, beautiful, wonderful, and amazing stir daddy is is just always busy with schoolwork, and we just appreciate him being here with us because we miss him a lot. Uh, he hasn't had much sleep, but uh, so we'll 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 see how he's doing today. But uh, you know, how are you doing today, Stir Daddy? Pretty good, man. As you said before, I haven't had enough sleep, so I might say crazy things like uh, Edmonton is high in the standings. Well, that's not crazy at all. That's 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 just pure truth. <laughs> what year but, is it? <laughs> <laughs> is Wayne Gretzky still there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well uh, how's Messi doing? <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll get into that. Where's Taylor Hall? Um, <laughs> our second co-host is we are joined here by the wonderful, beautiful, and amazing Johnny B. Jonathan Bourne. How you doing, Johnny? I'm all right, man. Just living life on the West Coast. It's beautiful. Yeah, I miss the West Coast, man. Yeah, we miss you. Yeah, but uh, you know. Out here in Edmonton, so and the Edmonton Oilers are doing all right, <laughs> right? They are. Yeah. yeah. How's the weather? The weather is not that great. Yeah. I think it's like plus twelve out, sunny right now. Yeah, Vancouver. it's beautiful here uh, in Vancouver. Nice. Isn't that nice? I don't even know what. It's it's just cold. It's just always cold here. Um. The uh, the team the, is hot. Yeah. Right. The weather in that outdoor game last night was actually pretty nice. It was yeah. like only like minus three, minus four. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I was out. Um, which, you know, shame on me, Calgary fan. But, uh, you know, we all got plans and it was late. It was at eight o'clock. <laughs> in Regina. Um. I like the jerseys though. Those jerseys were. Sweet. I like the I like the Calgary jerseys. You didn't like the Jets jerseys? Uh they're just too dark for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they were kind of they, they were kind of a, if, a darker if, shade of, if of navy. Like the red, if the red was like brighter, I think. Yeah. There was like no accent on it. Yeah, the Calgary the Calgary one was actually really good. Like the yellow and the red and the white really mm-hmm. really made the jersey pop. And that's that's one of my favorites by them for sure um but yeah the flames lost in overtime pretty shitty but uh you know we got a point out of it uh credit to uh hellebuck who kept the jets in the game there um you know leaving it at a one goal game yeah he made he made a couple of really big saves one on yeah. johnny you came across yeah yeah it was uh yeah <laughs> he was definitely a big the the difference maker there. Yeah, he was huge for me last night. Might have won me my week this week. For sure. Um but yeah, it was a uh it was a pretty tight game. They didn't score until the third period to tie the game the Jets did. Uh and then in overtime it was a cross ice passer from cross ice sauce from Kyle Connor, right? To Brian Little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you guys see any like the ceremony and the chatting? No, because no. they had uh, Don Cherry and Ron McLean, and then they had a representative from the the First Nations group. Yeah. Oh the, yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, yeah, I did see that. Chief of the AFN. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that earlier. What'd you guys think of that? <laughs> it was a little awkward watching. It was kind of funny watching um, 
Don Cherry, I, like, just I like, thought he did a good gosh. job to be he honest. He did very well. Normally, he yeah. says like weird, crazy shit. He didn't he was say any that. Like, yeah, he held yeah, his Oh, your dad was a hockey player, huh? What did yeah. he do? You know, like, yeah. It just, was, it was very, it was very grandpa-ish. Yeah. Like yes. he was just chat, just having a conversation with, uh, with his. That's grandpa, better. You know, that's mean? better than crazy grandpa. Yeah. Right? I mean, he <laughs> like, was curious grandpa. Yeah. Was good. Yeah. I mean, he was he was cutting the guy off. Quite a, quite a bit, especially Ron McLean. He's been doing that for 35 years, Ron yeah. McLean. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, they uh they didn't give uh, Brendan Montour a shout out at, at all. Oh, so I felt bad about that. So I'm just gonna. I mean, who? Oh, that Brent, Brendan Montour. <laughs> Six Nations, bro. Yeah, hopefully you know Montour gets um, hopefully he gets better soon, right? He hasn't played um too much. Well, he hasn't played at all actually because he's he's been out with a hand injury all season. But um, maybe that's why they didn't mention him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be that could be a reason why. Uh, but these Buffalo Sabers, man, what what are we thinking on these guys? I, I feel like we haven't heard much about him because everybody's just like, uh, I don't know about Buffalo. Like they're really they've been they've been killing it so far. Well. That's the question, though, is like last year they had an amazing start. First 20 games, they were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then they just fell apart. So yeah. like I'm still waiting, I guess, to see if the wheels fall off. Yeah, I feel like everybody is, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Just holding our breaths. Yeah. Because it is still early. It's It's just October, right? Mm-hmm. And generally... If we're basing it on the last couple of years, the wheels tend to fall off around November, late November, early December for these guys. Yeah. Right. Well, when did they have their, they had their 10 game winning streak last year. Wasn't it around Christmas or was it before that? It was just before Christmas. November? Yeah. yeah. And then, and then after that, it was like, oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But hey, man, they didn't. As a Canucks fan, I know I know what that's like. So, yeah, they uh, but but they didn't have Mr. Power Play goal Victor Arvids or Victor Olafson on the team. So, you know, there's that. He's definitely brought a lot to the table this year, just scoring at will, basically. um, With uh, on the power play, I don't I don't even know. Has he even gotten? Has he gotten a regulation goal? I don't know. I think he's like he set the record for for Buffalo for sure. I don't know if it's been if it's been for the league, but uh, he set the record for like scoring goals only on the power play. He still hasn't scored a regulation goal yet. He's got six goals, and every single one of his six goals are on the were were, on, were from the power play. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's just amazing, right? Well, what's amazing is that he kind of came out of nowhere. Like they assumed yeah. that they assumed he wasn't even going to play. There, yeah. what is this? He's twenty four. Yeah, I think, and he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of years where he was trying to get in the league, and they kept going like. Nope, not this year. And I can't remember who it was. I think it was Ralph Kruger or somebody stood up for him this year. Mm-hmm. Like there's somebody on the team that like either drafted him or knew him for a long time. And they were like, we actually need to give him a shot. Yeah. And that, right now that person looks like a fucking genius. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, Victor Olofsson. Oh, man, I'm not even going to try to... I was going to say the pride of wherever he's from. I'm not even going to try to attempt this. Um, but he's from Sweden, so... Orns Goldsvik? Orns Goldsvik, yeah. Yeah, the pride of Orns Goldsvik. Oh, Orns Goldsvik. Do you think... Uh, do you think Swedish, uh, Swedish hockey fans are fans of Buffalo? Because you got you got Olafson on there, you've got mm-hmm. Darlene just tearing it up on D yep. quietly. Ten points, yep. ten points in twelve games. Yeah, that's okay. 
That's pretty good for a defenseman, I think. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, no about... John, it's no John Carlson, but... No. But <laughs> but we should we should also talk about um, Marcus Johansson there, too. Yeah. Right? Another Swedish player, right? We see you, Sweden. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Um, but, you know, they finally have a second-line center who can kick it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is giving Casey Middlestat uh, some more playing time in the in the bottom six just to, just to get his game going. Because um, last year, I think, they, they threw him in there and he wasn't ready. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, He's he supposed just to be a big prospect for them. I don't know what's was taking him so long on. in his development yeah, yeah. i mean like, he's young man he's still super young i know but he was just one of those people that was supposed to be there like last year you know he was there part. last year yeah but like a big part of the team yeah but like i don't know man he's he's super young and he's competing ab- uh, amongst men he's just not quite there physically yet i don't think it's it can yeah. get pretty easy to to get strong-armed off the puck right Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're a centerman. So, yeah, having Marcus Johansson there on that second line um, as their second line center is, I think, has made a lot of difference here. Because last year they were really, they were like the Edmonton Oilers. They were just relying on Jack Eichel and Jeff Skinner to to score all their goals. Mm-hmm. Right. I know Victor Olofsson hasn't scored a regulation goal, but he's still dangerous. Um, you know, it's it's gonna come any second now, or any game with his release. Yeah, they have. Uh, I mean, Daily Faceoff has him lining up with uh, Eichel and Reinhardt on the first line. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then a second line of Skinner, Johansson, and Sabotka, uh, is is pretty good. Yeah. You got one-time All-Star Zemgis Gjergensen's on the third line. <laughs> have you guys heard with, about Pozo? That's like this is a pretty good lineup. I can yeah. see why they're doing so well. Connor Sherry on the fourth line too, with Evan Rodriguez who's who's got some wheels. Yeah. So like Rasmus Ristalainen seems happy. So they got Henry Yoki Haru there, right? Colin Miller is a steadying force back in the uh on their on their decor. So um you know, if Linus Olmark can continue to progress and Carter Hutton can play the way he's been playing, um, like his, he was huge last year too for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what, 35 years old? Linus Have you guys Omar heard was... about um, Ralph Kruger and how he like introduced himself to the players? No. To like big players in the team? He basically met up with them like in different places around the world and like went out for dinner with them. Oh, he's great. And apparently yeah. he just like they walked away just like mind blown. I'm so glad he's back. So I've always, I've always <laughs> loved him. I think I heard this on the 31 Thoughts podcast. It's like, yeah. So apparently, if you go out for dinner with Ralph Kruger, you're gonna walk away with your life changed. <laughs> <laughs> but a bear, and then I think it was Jack Eichel's. Uh, Jack Eichel went where there with him, and he, I think he was with his girlfriend. And afterward, his girlfriend called and thanked Ralph Kruger. <laughs> 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 I've been doing it all wrong. Yeah, your perspective just completely <laughs> changes. It's just completely yeah. changed. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. I think if only well, they still had Robin Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. If Even only. I could fit there. Well, I mean, yeah, but no, because they have Carter Hutton now, right? Yeah. And he's he's got two years left on his deal, including this one. So a year after this year. Uh, and Linus Olmark is is their future. Right, so um, I think they're going to pass the reins off to him mm-hmm. next year, like give him a little more playing time, and and see how he goes. And you know, I'm I'm pretty high on Linus Olmark, man. He's I think he's a pretty good prospect. I haven't seen him play too much. Why don't you marry him then? Oh like, yeah. I mean, Ooh, lo- loves Linus Olmark. <laughs> hey man, the guy's making 1.325 million dollars. He's going to get a raise next year. <laughs> So yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I'd be down. Right, the pride of Lugvik, Sweden. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're probably Suck, just butchering this, but Ludwig. look, it's probably like look, Ludwig. Look, I think that there's more of a claim saying that I think Swedish people like Buffalo over 
Edmonton Oilers that you were saying earlier, John? I was just wondering because <laughs> this, the, the Oilers' defensive core is essentially Larson and, and yeah, <laughs> Clefbaum. <laughs> that's the only thing holding that defense up. Yeah, that's true. Oh, uh, to be fair, to be fair, uh, Evan Bear is making a pretty making some noise. What about uh, isn't Chris Russell still on that team? Yeah. Good old shop blocking Chris Russell, man. I hate Chris Russell. With a passion. <laughs> Tell us how you Why? Really feel. He ruined the Sedins last game. Why? What happened? Because <laughs> they were in overtime, and normally the Sedins don't play overtime because they're fucking slow at that point. But they were up there, and they were they had a, an open net from Henrik to Daniel because the goalie was out, down and out. And Chris Russell dove and fucking stopped the puck. And it's like, dude, it's the last game of the year. You weren't making the playoffs. And he fucking blocked that. I was like, so mad. Hey, like, man. It would, have, it would have been the perfect ending to their career. Like an overtime win. It meant nothing to Chris Russell. Except fucking... Except a job next year. <laughs> Whatever. He had a job. I, Look at his contract. I mean, uh, do you, do you think do you think the... Well, Peter Ciccarelli got fired anyway, so really matter yeah but do you think the general manager been like hey you know that beautiful moment that you didn't ruin (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah i mean yeah yeah you're you're right you're right that's that's true he had three years left on his four million dollar contract with a modified no trade and no movement clause so he probably could have just let that one slide but it's chris russell man (laughs) yeah who knows? Um, anyway, I'll never forgive or forget. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast 648. Oh, Chris Russell's retiring. Chris Russell's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that moment? Let me break up the video. I hope oh, he man. sees you in person and just punches you in the face. <laughs> I punch him in the face. Just screw it up. <laughs> okay. Sterling's not allowed in Edmonton. Yeah. I guess not. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. He was on the injured reserve. Some Edmonton fans would be like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so um, something that I heard last night being discussed uh, mm-hmm. around the outdoor game um, is that the NHL might be considering more neutral site games. So the outdoor la- game last night was in Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, which, for those of our listeners in the States, um, is literally in the and middle around of nowhere. The world. And around the and, world. And around the world. is like literally in the middle of nowhere, Prairies, Canada. <laughs> hmm. And uh, so they're thinking about um, having more neutral site games um, for these places that, that, w- that are like hockey hotbeds, but obviously don't have the population to really support a team Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to hear what your thoughts are so that they would they wouldn't necessarily be outdoor games but they would be games in arenas so like quebec city for example has that brand new beautiful arena yeah and so the habs could play there one game yeah um man i don't know that's uh that has a lot of economic implications, right? Uh, like, I'd be okay with seeing... Like, I think I'm happy with the way it's going right now. You know, one or two games uh, outside of... Um, outside of where where the teams are. Because, like, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, this team is representing a city. And, you know, you want your fans to be out there. You know what I mean? So, like, who who loses an extra home game? Which team loses that extra day or extra night of, of profitability or whatever, however you want to say it? Like, it is ridiculous uh, how much they're charging for everything when you're in there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for a ticket, for a, uh, a beer, right? It's like $13, $15, $20 kind of thing. Uh, but I think that if, if you're a team that's supposed to be representing a city, you should be playing in that city. But I do like that they're 
trying to expand it so that you know they, they play um in well like it's the same idea with playing in europe yeah yeah so i, I i'm not sure how i feel about um it, it was kind of shitty that hawks fans in philadelphia don't get to see the hawks come to town because they played both of their games because the the game in prague was considered their home game uh and then they had to play in chicago for their second home and home series uh game so i i i don't really know how to feel about that but i think right. i like what the if, way it's, it's going right now what if the neutral site games were like division ri- rivals who get more games against each other so you'd have more home mm. you get a home game and then you get a neutral site game you like mean? you'd have to play two neutral site games where yeah they yeah swap like the home and home what if it was like montreal in quebec city against the leafs and then i don't know leafs in hamilton or something against montreal i mean yeah but then but then you're taking two games away from i don't know because you're i i just don't like the idea of taking games away from from your hometown fans yeah, but I mean, how many fans of Toronto would be in Hamilton? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And same thing with Montreal and Quebec. Like. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about two original six teams at that point, right? But if you're yeah, like, yeah. what if you're like in friggin' Florida? I just right? think that we... Yeah, that that wouldn't work because yeah. you can't fill you can't fill your regular <laughs> yeah. arena. Yeah. <laughs> well, they would. That's why they wouldn't do it. Yeah. But your take the games are just so inaccessible as it is, like cost wise. Mm. Like you got to yeah. pay. Depending where you live, like in Toronto, it could be like, what are they, $150 or something, a ticket? Um, Then, like, all the expenses for food and travel and all that kind of stuff. So it's nice that Hamilton, Toronto fans can't, don't have to travel to Toronto and pay, like, you'd have to pay, like, a grand or something for the whole trip, a weekend away or something (laughs) to do that. So -hmm. if they're going to go to neutral sites, make them bigger stadium games or, or just something that makes it cheaper and more yeah. accessible for the fans and then yeah. give the give the fans an opportunity to like maybe meet players or i don't know like more meet and greets or something mm-hmm. i like i like that idea but yeah. if it's just going to be like a cash grab we're like all right oh uh, so special stadium series in quebec city 200 dollars a ticket everybody well, yeah that's uh, the thing is that how much are they charging for these tickets is it going to be like you know it's not like they're going to charge any cheaper for, for tickets or beer at these places. No. Right. Or food or, or, or whatnot. Right. They're not going to offer a four entries for one plus a hot dog and a drink for everyone in the family like they do in Sunrise just to get bodies in the seats. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they still can't. No. Yeah. Get fucking going, Sunrise. You got mm. a really good team over there. That pisses me off so much. Look at all the wasted years of Barkov. Like, how many more people could have seen him play and just been like, oh, my God. Yeah, and now you have Bobrovsky. Yeah. Number one cop in the force. Bobrovsky! Maybe he can solve the... um... Florida man? (laughs) (laughs) Solve the mystery of what's going on in in the stands in Sunrise, California. Or Sunrise, Florida. Yeah. There's been murder afoot. The chase. The play... (laughs) <laughs> the fans are scared they're gonna die on the way <laughs> oh man actually you know what never mind I'll, I'll it's it's off topic um it's a different sport but i just watched a video but it's really funny i'll tell you guys later um but uh but yeah what are your thoughts on that john um i, I like i like giving the opportunity to people from different cities that don't have don't have the chance to go and see um like their team play like like I like like last night in Regina I like that because uh Saskatchewan is like kind of in the middle you're like in between Calgary and Winnipeg right yeah I don't know I think I think it's probably split pretty much down the middle yeah like I didn't watch the game so I, a lot I, of good I hockey hear. players and yeah from Saskatchewan. So oh yeah, ton. yeah. Like It'd that's the thing is like yeah, it's like these smaller these smaller Canadian cities for sure yeah. are like hockey hotbeds and like people yeah. love it. And yeah. I, I like I've always liked that idea of coming coming to a small town and 
giving them something cool to to do yeah i mean honestly i'd i'd rather just see them do it in exhibition yeah but then like actually play the good players you know what i mean yeah like have the later exhibition games in in the other in in those kind of hotbeds like you yeah, were saying like like vancouver vancouver yeah. did their did their um preseason in victoria right yeah exactly yeah yeah um but you know make make sure that whoever's the home team plays their their like nhl caliber players you know what i mean because yeah. they need tune-ups too right yeah and that's not you know those guys are the ones who take precedence over and you could like throw in one or two rookies that you want to take a look at in the lineup or whatever but like majority of the players that that are on the ice for that preseason game should be you know your established nhlers so that um the fans actually get to see the players that they want to see right Mm. um it doesn't necessarily have to be a game that means something right as long as the game is there that's the whole that's the whole idea right yeah i mean also you think about the potential economic benefit of just having one large stadium series game like that coming into a town like yeah. that yeah yeah it mean a lot for sure it just depends on how much they charge yeah for sure right because that's that's the whole thing um but I do, I do like that, like that idea, uh, right? Like, um, like Sterling was saying, there are tons and tons of Leafs and Habs fans all over the country. So like, teams like that could do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, there are tons of Jets fans. There are obviously a ton of, you know, it's just Canadian teams, right? But like, if you're looking at the American teams, um, you know, are 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 people going to show up for the Coyotes and, um. I don't know. Maybe not enough. Yeah. Right. Just depending on where they go. But, you know. Well, that's, I mean, the Coyotes haven't had a outdoor game yet either. Yeah. I mean. Well, for obvious reasons. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like, but like, like potentially they could do it in Vegas, right? Uh, I don't even know if they could in Vegas. Well, Vegas, the Vegas had an outdoor game like back in the, what, 70s, 80s? How? At the fucking casino. So it wasn't an outdoor. It was in a casino. It, no, it was outdoors. How? I don't know. It was fucking outdoors, man. Does it even get cold there? <laughs> How? They did one in L.A. Don't you remember that? No. They no. had an L.A. Oh, sorry. Anaheim. It was 1991. L.A. They... L.A. and New York. <laughs> Yeah. Were they in New York though? No, they were in LA. How? This is so baffling. They, I mean, they I were in it's... Vegas. Dude, only a few years ago, Anaheim and LA had one. They played I know, in the that's Caesar's, where... Caesar's Palace parking lot. How do they keep the ice cold? A lot of electricity. Christ, they can't do that now. <laughs> They'd have to do it really early too. Yeah, also, they have no water to do that. Oh, uh, you just steal it. It's fine. There's neighboring states with plenty of extra water. You just I mean, I guess. pump it right out. Take it right out of the Mississippi, straight in LA. Again, implications. A lot of lot of lot of logistical implications here. They have the money. Yeah, but are they gonna spend it? Anyway. I I, I like the way that it is right now. Um I think they should look into more preseason games uh and i think that's i think the i think they're going in the right direction right they're taking small steps towards that uh and i think they're just kind of taking like a a wait and see approach you know what i mean so i I like how it is right now um i don't know if they necessarily need to change it because like i think the common sentiment too is um like when i was watching games and whatnot uh i don't know if the stadium series now is kind of like overdone because it was that one year where they had, they had like, like a couple four. in a week yeah yeah they had like three or four in a week and it was it's like okay that's yeah. too much yeah like that's enough <laughs> right but also i felt like that like this heritage classic i felt was wasn't that greatly advertised it just kind of snuck up yeah i didn't even know about it until yeah like, 
uh, two days before or something. Yeah. I was like, Heritage Game. It's fucking yeah. October. Yeah. The, the last Heritage Classic that Calgary played in was against Montreal um, in Calgary. And that was that was really cool. Like, that was really cool because I think that was one of the first times they did it. Um, actually, Maggie, my wife, uh, was at that game. <laughs> but it was like, it was freezing. <laughs> like, absolutely freezing. Um, so... But yeah, like that was exciting when when that happened. Uh, but you know, I don't think yeah, like you said, I don't think that they were as hyped about this one this year as as they were about that one. Yeah, they kind of, they definitely overdid did the uh, well. Now they have so they have the Heritage Classic, mm-hmm. they have the Stadium, Stadium Series, Series, they have the Winter Classic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, is, so is that too much? I think if if each one of them, so three outdoor games a year, but like spread out over the year. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's a good amount. Yeah. I mean, I don't really get excited to watch them that much anyway. I like the yeah. New Year's Day one. If if I'm up, I mean, they usually play it pretty early yeah. on the day. Uh, so it, like I like that, but if, if it doesn't come to like where I live, then I probably don't care that much. <laughs> Because, like, honestly, like, if it was around here, yeah, I'd like to go see the game if it's not yeah. pouring rain in Vancouver at that time. Yeah. Um, which is very likely. Yeah. Except this year, because this year is going to be beautiful. Vancouver is the only Canadian team to only have one outdoor game so far. That's not surprising. <laughs> just, like, yeah, logistically. Yeah. You'd just be so worried that it would pour rain yeah. on the game. They'd have to close it down. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I got a text yesterday mm-hmm. from my Leafs friend. And it wasn't Sterling. It wasn't Sterling. And we he always <laughs> texts me when, when Habs are playing them. Yeah. Um, and. What is he chirping? Well, he, I mean, not really. Mm-hmm. He's just like after, after the game, he's just like, the Leafs are not a cup contender. Oh, OK. Yeah. What are, you, what are your thoughts truth. on that? Spitting spitting truth. truth. <laughs> spitting some truth. Should we, uh, should we let our resident Hungry for Leafs talk uh, guy go first, or, or what? Sure. I mean, I'm yeah. probably going to say similar things to you guys, because I, I probably watch more of the games than you. Yeah, you do. But at this plug, point... Plug your podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hungry for Leafs podcast. Uh what are they saying? Oh, at this point, the team just doesn't look like a contender. And I've watched all. Oh, I've watched a lot of hockey. I know what I'm saying. Uh, but but honestly, like go okay, watch, hockey guy. Watch teams around the league and pick out the ones that you think are Stanley Cup contenders. And you look at a team like Boston, and they play really well. Yeah. Like they cut even when they're missing Bergeron. It's like. You expect the team to fall apart because he's their top line center. They still win like seven out of ten games. Like they have, they just have a better game plan. And the, yeah. I, I even said this in my podcast last week. Like the Leafs' main plan is to dump it in, get it, or get from the outside, make a weird periphery shot, and try and get a rebound. That doesn't play to the strengths of the team. Like they're, they're just a skilled team that needs to be able to pass around and kind of like kind of like trick their way in Mm. and if they're not doing that they don't like they just don't have the will to to win a game when they're down they start losing and they just their back gets against the wall yeah and they yeah they just give up and like as much as i like matthews like if you compare him to a player like ryan o'reilly who you know just pulled the team through I, i can't see matthews doing that at this point because he's not that kind of player. And he could be. He's got the size and skill and everything. But he just... I don't know. He just doesn't do that kind of stuff. I'd Tavares, say that's, maybe. That's what they're missing, though. Is, yeah. like, that guy that can they, that can rally them. I've seen mm-hmm. Tavares do that when he was on the Islanders. Like, there's a yeah. couple playoff series. It's like, wow. He's really going to do it. But, you need. I mean, you just need, like, a solid structure around him to be able to allow them to do that. And... Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it's working that way for them. And if you, 
I mean, anybody can go, oh, well, it's early. It's St. Louis did it last year, and, you know, they're still playing better than St. Louis at that point. That's true, but I, I've got to – I'll believe it when I see it. What I'm saying. How much yeah. do you think it's coaching? I don't know because, I mean, Babcock's a really good coach. Mm-hmm. The team before Babcock was there was like the dark days of the Skeksis, and <laughs> and the team was horrible to watch. And then when he got there, he pulled a team – after well one year of losing basically but even that year they lost they were way better to watch you just tell but this year for some reason they just seem to like they're just floating like what stamco said about tampa they're just floating around on their skill and they're giving giving up when that's not working yeah um one thing that i've noticed is that uh this team looks a lot like Edmonton did last year where, (laughs) you know, they're relying on one line to, to score their goals. And then when they are down a couple, like this is, this is the, I think against the, they're the number one team in letting the first goal against. Yeah. In 11 of 13 games, 10 of 13. Yeah. Yeah. So they follow, they've much better. They've been behind. They've they've allowed the first goal of the game in ten of their of their thirteen games played so far, right? So yeah, this 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 team reminds me a lot of of how the Oilers were playing last year, right? And that's one of the biggest things as to why Edmonton has been better this year is because when they're when they've been down, um, last year they would give up, but this year they're kind of actually playing to get the lead back. And I feel like that's how the Leafs are playing now is, you know, they're they're down a goal and they just can't seem to figure out how to score, even though they have such amazing talent in their top six. Like, even without... Their top nine. Yeah. Look at their top nine. You got yeah. Kerfoot and Mikhaev, like Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I'm saying line. top six now because, like, yeah. um, Tavares not being in there kind of changes up their their depth um but uh yeah you got kerfoot mikhaev mitch marner on your second line kapanen i mean i wouldn't say jason spetz is a third line center anymore um trevor moore is i mean okay i guess but you know moore's been good honestly he's one of the people that actually puts in the effort every game yeah he's like some of the other players played like him he's like this year's connor brown right yeah basically Uh, or the new Connor Brown 2.0. Anyway, um, but but yeah, I I don't know. It's it's really weird, right? Because like Kerfoot's been playing great since uh, since Tavares has been out, right? He's filled in pretty well, but he's not John Tavares, so yeah. it's not like he can carry the load that Tavares could have. Um, but but even then, like it's only been a few games that Tavares has been out, and this team has been playing like this for basically all season yeah, so far it has nothing to do with Tavares at this point yeah and it's 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 still it's only 30 I mean a games little in, right? I I do I I like to say that oh it's early but this isn't I've seen enough games to know that this isn't like this isn't just bad luck that they were playing games and like oh shit it went in early this is like yeah the way they're playing at the beginning yeah and coaches are probably game planning and like just fucking hammer them right away immediately how much, how much do you think this roster is missing uh cadre uh, we're talking about that guy that can quite a bit put, actually put in put yeah. in some work to like get the guys to rally yeah. i think cadre was that guy yeah, yeah but, Come, but and coming big with too. a hit coming big with a, a big play he wouldn't he wouldn't have he wouldn't have gotten the same opportunity though like Right this now, with the, right now with Tavares injured, he would. He'd be yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. But as soon as Tavares came back, he'd be on that third line again. No, I know, but that that's what I'm saying though. But is it's, like that's that's the type of player that they're missing. Yeah, exactly. It's not Kadri himself. It's you don't have a type of player like that that just yeah. gets angry when the team starts playing badly, and then everyone else like, realizes like, oh shit, he's pissed. And then he yeah. takes stupid penalties and gets suspended. Like, I, yeah, I, but I don't know. I'm not. That's serious. But that's one game, two yeah. years in a row. That he did that, but if you look at like the entire season of when he's played, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times he helps the team. Yeah, he helps the yeah. team far more than he hurts them. They need they need like a heart and soul guy. 
Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you're you're right. There, everybody even, on here just seems kind of nonchalant. Well, that's the thing. They're like they're all getting paid. Yeah, they don't care. They're getting paid. Even yeah. even Marner is just not good defensively. He keeps doing really stupid things, and <laughs> and you're like, why the fuck did you do that, dude? Well, um, they're, like like you me, said, they were just they're just counting on their skill. Like um, there. Like you know what's funny? Um, in sports psychology that I'm taking, there's a whole chapter on the, the mindset of a player in the year of their contract. Yeah. And after. Oh. And it's like, there is a huge difference in performance of players across all sports mm-hmm. in their contract years. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's not surprising, right? Because if you're yeah. like, oh, crap, like, every goal I get gets, like, 100 grand. <laughs> <laughs> Another 100 grand every year for fucking yeah. five years. Well, uh, last night, Berkey, Berkey was saying that on... On Hockey Night in Canada, Brian Burke was saying exactly what you were saying, Sterling, that, you know, um, when players get their contracts, uh, they say or they like to think that it doesn't affect their play, but it does subconsciously, right? Because they are thinking about all that, you know, there's added expectation now because they're getting paid, right? The amount of there's weight to the contract now and, you know, they, they think about things, right? Uh, they're like, oh, well, you know, they think about their families, they think about whatever it is that they think about, and that just distracts them yeah. from their game. Do we have and, to move, all that kind of stuff? Exactly, yeah. So, like, that might have, is that having an effect on the Leafs? Maybe, right? I mean, it's probably having an effect on Tyson Berry. He hasn't even scored. No, it's, it would be the other way around. It's the players who have their contracts are less motivated to do much whereas the ones like muzzin who even though he had a bad game last night has probably been one of their best players but barry sh- hasn't for straight up effort yeah. can we talk can we talk about that so the barry and muzzin tandem were on for four of montreal's five goals last night mm-hmm. last night yeah. really just like really embarrassing yeah also what let- a game by Duran, eh? Oh man, to let to let him go twice like that? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, was, baby. Was, wow. <laughs> but yeah, Tyson Berry, man, no goals, four assists, minus six. Like he was he, he was supposed to come in and provide offense on the back end, right? He hasn't done that at all. Do you think Leafs fans are wondering where Jake Gardner is right now? He's in Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> He's also not doing so hot though, so like it's... yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, but uh, I will say though, Barry and Muzzin are not the problem throughout most of the games. Like it's no, just, yeah, it's last not night that. was just, no, no, most of the time. Was, like I've seen CC was... get beat. CC gets beat physically all the time. Yeah, like he does make good plays, but if there have seen several players just essentially shove him out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, he got beat on Gallagher's goal last night, the first one. Yeah, Domi beat him in the first game on a real important goal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, man, like this is. Uh... I don't think it's panic mode that everyone else thinks in in league no, because you no. still have like a great team you for need to like chill out five I think, years. I think definitely. But it, it's. I think not, this adversity is good for them. I think you're doing the team a disservice by not criticizing their mistakes right now because oh, they yeah. could they could be way better than they are yeah totally and i think i think the problem is that they know that but they haven't figured out a way to to figure it out yet you know it could I mean? be the first real year of pressure yeah i, I would argue because yeah. the last maybe not last year yeah okay they're kind of expected to make it but they weren't expected to go far it was like maybe they could and the year before that was like, oh, my God, they made the playoffs. Bonus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What do, you mean, guys, what do you guys think of the Babcock special? What is that? What? So, <laughs> when, uh, when the Leafs have back-to-backs, they play Anderson the first night. Well, oh. regardless of the opponent. No, I don't like that. Yeah. doesn't. I mean, so, I... For I example, haven't seen this the... Friday. This Friday, Saturday was Friday night was against San Jose. They won they, with Anderson and Net. Whereas Saturday was against a divisional rival, Montreal. 
and they lost. Big night. Saturday Big night, man. I just Hockey night in Canada. Hasn't, hasn't played a lot, and he hasn't played, but he hasn't played well in all games. Yeah. He's let a lot of rebounds go, and yeah. it it just hurts the team constantly. And and it doesn't help that the team is being extremely lazy. Yeah, in those games too. It's not all his fault, but Babcock's going to get to a point where he's like, I can't play this guy. Yeah, and have to get somebody else. Who who can they play? <laughs> I don't know. They they well they can't get anybody else because they have no cap space. Yeah. yeah. You'd um, have to get lucky. Like, do you, does it make sense something. to play Anderson against a, a a Western team and then play your backup against a divisional rival the next night? Like, I I would argue the divisional rival game is worth more to you to, in the in terms of standings mm-hmm. yeah so why wouldn't you and why wouldn't you play your best guy against in the I, more important game i just play him against the better opponents yeah just to give you a better chance to win like i know why so in, in that is case doing that it case. is like he's doing it because statistically you're more likely to win the first game than the second game and then you're also more likely to win it if you stack it with your best goalie yeah so it's like would you rather they won or they got one point in the second game because Anderson maybe was able to stop things. Hutchinson wasn't, mm-hmm. but then Hutchinson just lost the first game anyway. Yeah. Like See, they're I, doing it because there's actual like stats behind it. And that's why they make that choice. I, I understand that. But at a certain point, you got to trust your team as well. Yeah. Right. Like if, if you are statistically more likely to win that first game than a second game, then throw your backup in there and believe in your team that they'll beat the odds and win that game despite having your worst goaltender in and then pad your stats for the second game when it's you're less likely to win with your better goalie. Mm-hmm. Like, I I feel like that would make more sense. Because mm-hmm. um, then you your, your chances of winning two games are better than just, you know, it's better to... I, I don't know. I, I, I guess to me, it's better to win to have the chance of winning two games at like 60% or 70% instead of winning the first game 80%. And like, I don't know what the stats are. Those are just numbers that I made up. But <laughs> <laughs> sounded right. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't really like that either. Cause, cause yeah, you're right, John, you, you should be playing like your divisional rival. Those points are way more important, especially in a loaded Atlantic division. Yeah. Like that Atlantic division is fucking loaded. Right? You got um you got, you know, obviously Toronto and Montreal, but you've also got uh Tampa, you've got Florida, you've got Buffalo, you got Boston. Did I mention Tampa? <laughs> like Montreal's in sixth. <laughs> oh, don't forget Ottawa. Tampa's not doing too well right now either. How about Ottawa and strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <sighs> had to throw him in there um but yeah man like i i think so right now i i, I 100% feel you sterling because toronto is kind of playing like like calgary and toronto are, are playing very similar they actually have the exact same record um and calgary is supposed to be a contending team but um but you know they're not playing like a contender at all, uh, so that's got me worried as well. But you know, it, again, it's it's still early, um, and it's just October, right? Mm-hmm. There there are times that there's 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 more time to come. The more important thing is how teams are playing, like two months out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I don't exactly. know how many years I've noticed there's teams that just way better two months out and. Yeah. That shows when they get to the playoffs. Well, Instead I mean, of teams that killed it all year, and then they just exactly, fold. exactly like Tampa and Calgary last year, right? They were cruising the entire regular season, uh, and then they get into the playoffs all cocky and and not, you know, resting on their laurels kind of thing. And uh, Columbus and Colorado took it to them because they were playing playoff hockey for like two months. Oh, they yeah. had to battle for every point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the type of game that you need to play to to have success in the playoffs. Even Pittsburgh, when they won their Stanley Cups, they, they two of the year, two of the three years, they fired their coach halfway through because they were doing badly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 
so yeah like you said it's it, it really is dependent on on how the team plays um you know you you, you got to get those points and and make it to the dance but once you're in the dance like you, you know anything can happen so um i gotta say too i've been impressed with how columbus has been playing uh you know they, they they're really embracing that kind of underdog never die kind of uh um mentality like they're they're not their record isn't great but they've been terrible yeah they've been giving teams trouble people were predicting they'd be at the bottom of the stand yeah yeah and if you look at this lineup too it's not remarkable there's nothing spectacular about this well the top defense line pretty fucking good yeah i mean seth jones and warensky that's their top pairing but you look at the rest of their forwards, right? You got your top line of Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's going to be a star. Like, this kid's a really, really good centerman. Uh, he's flanked by Cam Atkinson and Nick Felino. But then your second line center is Alexander Venberg, who's kind of had an up-and-down career. Um, Bjorkstrand and, and Nyquist. Nyquist. So, um, you know, there's there's... It's just good coaching and 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 hard work by by this team, um, which has been you know pretty cool to see, especially for Columbus fans who you know had their hearts broken when their stars basically walked out on them this past off season. I mean, it was kind of expected, but I remember Rick Nash asked to leave too. Yeah, and he was yeah. in his prime. Yeah, so shout out to to Columbus, right? Like they're they're doing. They're doing well, despite... They're really fun to watch, too. Mm -hmm. They're cool. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to to Tortorella, too, for changing his (laughs) coaching style to be, you know, more motivating rather than, um, you know... That's one of the best parts of watching Columbus is, like, you don't know what Torts is going to do or Mm -hmm. say. You're just like, oh, 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 he blew. Yeah. (laughs) And I think he's playing into that, right? Because he knows. (laughs) He knows we're watching him. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he plays into it. Yeah. Anything else? What else we got? Uh moving into week four here. Um mm-hmm. the I guess the standings are starting to kinda sort themselves out a bit better. Everyone's kind of mellowing to where they kind of belong or where we kinda thought they were. Are there any surprises still that you're kinda that you see? In terms of standings you're talking about? Yeah, like obviously Buffalo. No one expected Buffalo to be first in the league right now. Uh, I mean, they did it last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, any surprises? Well, the ones we we talked about Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay is just they seem kind of meandering through the standings right now. Yeah, they're seventeenth. Yeah. I wonder when they're going to turn it on, and then. Edmonton. I think we did we talk about it on the pod or was it just before? I can't remember. Uh we talked a little bit about Edmonton, yeah. Yeah. Well they're I mean, they're being dragged up by Drysidel and McDavid. And I mean and good and coaching. Good, 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 good coaching. Team, good team play. Yeah. I'll get I'll give that. Good def- sure. good defensive play. Yeah, like like I was saying, they've completely changed the way they play the game. Right? They actually seem to have a defensive structure. <laughs> and that shout <laughs> and, out to, and to Dave Goldending. Yeah, that shout out to Dave Tippett. <laughs> yeah. How is Koskinen doing? I think he's doing pretty good, isn't he? He hasn't lost. <laughs> Did you hear how my voice cracked on that one? That was really hard for me to say. All right? That was really hard for me to say. So friggin' enjoy that. It's, it's just so funny that how much everybody dumped on that contract, which includes us, pretty sure. <laughs> I'm still well, not. I just, I still don't believe him. I don't believe they're him. They're playing... Yeah. They're playing him at a good a good pace. Like they're yeah. they're sharing the workload with him and Mike yeah. Smith. That was a really good pickup. Yeah, it's actually it's actually the perfect. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's the perfect working condition for both goalies because neither yeah. of them are number ones anymore. Yeah. Well, Koskinen was never a number one. He was <laughs> some dude from the KHL. Um, but uh, yeah, who takes number nineteen as a goal anyway? Um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Carolina I know like, one again yesterday with Mrazek getting a shutout. Yeah, I like that team. I, I like thought they were going to be good this year. They're yeah. a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. A bunch of jerks. They picked up Dezingo. I mean, that's 
Yeah, he's been low-key upgrade. He's been pretty huge. That third line has been killing it. Of Ryan Dezingle, Martin Neches, and Eric Haula. (laughs) (laughs) The Islanders are on a quiet six-game winning streak. Yeah, don't look now. Islanders are getting big. Varlamov's actually playing pretty well, too. Um, But imagine if they had kept Leonard. Grice has still been playing amazingly. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised. Yeah. Imagine if they had retained Leonard. Right? That's still a head-scratcher to me. That whole ordeal. with (laughs) uh, Yeah, because I I talked about this on the other one, too. Like, Lamorello, that's just not... Uh, you don't usually hear Lamorello and botch in the same sentence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that was just a, that was a botch deal. Like I, right. You signed an older goaltender who had a worse year to the exact same contract that the guy that you wanted to keep wanted to sign. And then yeah. he goes off and signs a one year deal for year. the exact same AAV as the one you signed the older yeah. goaltender. Like I just don't under like I I don't get that. That that made no sense to me. Yeah. Every Islanders fan wanted Leonard to return too. Yeah. Right? Like that was the thing. But, you know, it seems to have worked out for him so far. Um I think one of my biggest surprises too is just just I I wasn't expecting Chicago to be this bad. Mm. Right? Like I'm I'm doing the like Sterling's doing the Hungry for Leafs talk. I'm doing the Hungry for Hawks talk for the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, and I've been watching a lot of Chicago games, and they've been bad. Like, they can't play defense. They've lost four in a row. Their record is 2-5-2. Two, and two. They still have games in hand at nine, but, like, they're last in the division right now. Even Minnesota and Dallas are ahead of these guys. <laughs> Right, like I, I just, I just don't get it. Right, Kane, DeBrinket have not been going, um, and you know they're wasting solid efforts from their goaltenders too. Like Leonard and Crawford have played really well this year, um, but they just can't play defense. I, I, I don't know what the deal is in in Chicago, but. Uh, but yeah, what, what were you saying before the pod, Sterling, about about Edmonton? You aren't sure if they're gonna keep afloat. Were you saying? Yeah, I don't know. I just feel they're so top heavy. I I'd be worried that eventually, when teams start getting more defensive in the second half of the season, they'll be mm-hmm. able to just stop uh, Drysaddle and McDavid from completely annihilating the league. Yeah, like I mean, they're what they're both at like close to twenty points. In 10 games, like they're not going to get 160 points. So what right. happens when that slows down to a, a realistic pace? And even if they're both above 100, like they were last year, yeah, um, that wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And even even if James Neal hits 30 goals, like is that going to like it? They'll, they'll definitely be improved probably by the end of the year. But will it be enough to to keep them in the playoffs? Yeah, that's, I mean that's what I don't. I'm not sure about. Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, if if they if teams find a way to shut down McDry, uh, McDry <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good one. I think uh, it, well, you know, you, they just get shut out by Winnipeg and and Minnesota, right? Because that's what happened. They got shut out back to back. But that was a real gutsy effort uh, against the the Washington Capitals too, in their last game, mm-hmm. right? They were down three one heading into the third period, uh, and like I said, they came back and they tied it up and they won in overtime. I think if they lose, it won't be losing because they're playing badly. It's just losing because they're just they don't have enough depth yeah. to be able to to win yeah. the the extra games that they need to to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's I think that's a good way of looking at it. Um, but yeah, yeah, the Capitals had a comeback go awry in the, against them, I guess, the, the Oilers. And then they came back and beat Vancouver in the shootout. That Vancouver game was wild. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. 5-1 with two seconds left in the second period. Yeah. 
and then Washington just came on. Yeah, and like, like I, after after that second goal and like going into the break, I kind of felt like things were about to change. And then it just started happening and you could see it. You could see it the whole game just the pace, the pace of the game changed the it was like they were like going downhill after that first one went in. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like what Vancouver did to them in the beginning. They were just outplaying them and getting like weird goals like Yeah. Didn't Pearson get a shorthanded goal? Yeah. Yeah. And then... No, that was Schaller. Tim Schaller. Schaller, yeah. Schaller? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, uh... Schaller got two that game. Mm-hmm. It was still a fun game, though. I really liked it. Yeah, it, it was It was a lot of fun to e- watch. Even though, like, what, like you said, the ice was tilted, I still thought it yeah. wasn't, like, they were getting horribly outplayed. Like, they mm-hmm. st- like they weren't giving up. They were still fighting back. But Washington's just... They're too, they were too dialed in at that point. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean... It's the fucking Capitals. <laughs> Only been good for about twelve years. I still, I yeah. can't believe that John Carlson is leading the league in points. Who? John Carlson. Fuck yeah, John Carlson, man. Man, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's been he's been hot. Actually, he he had his point streak snapped last game. Unfortunately. Um, but. Uh, uh, how how impressed are you guys with uh, with Quinn Hughes? We haven't talked about him. Uh, I'm very impressed. I mean, watching the whatever six games or something he played last year, if that, he was really good, and he was one of those pl- players that I highly considered picking up in the hockey pool because mm-hmm. that was similar to what Besser did in his first six games. He just he only scored he scored like four goals or something. But yeah. just looked really confident and good. Mm-hmm. And Hughes is doing the same thing, and he's very quickly made himself one of the top power play. And he, I just think he's only going to get better this year. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing with with guys like that, you know, I mean, he he was a minus four on the night against the Capitals, um, which means that you know they they took advantage of him when he was yeah. out on the um, to to play. But uh, but yeah, I I think he's been he's been really good for you guys, um, which is fun to watch, right? Because it's always nice to it's always fun to see um these young guys come up and 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 see how they do, right? In Chicago, Kirby Doc has his first couple games in, and he's actually been playing really well as as well. Like he's he's only eighteen years old and. He doesn't look lost out there, right? He's he's getting in the corners, getting those pucks, uh, getting in deep. Uh, he's a good cowgirl boy, actually. <laughs> um, and uh, it's 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 been fun to watch him play. And you know, Jack Hughes actually too got his uh, had his first multi-point game um, recently with a uh, what was that effort in New Jersey? Three-point game, a goal and two assists against the Arizona Coyotes. So, yeah. Actually, whoa, he's at, he's centering Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri. There you go. In New Jersey right now. Finally. Bust. Right? Because, like, remember when we were talking about him earlier? They were playing him on the third line. They weren't setting him up for success. Everyone's wondering, oh, why hasn't Jack Hughes scored yet? Because he's playing he's a 10, third line. 11, yeah, he's playing 10, 11 minutes a night with, with. fucking Pavel Zaka. <laughs> <laughs> and, but yeah, um, so that's cool to see. Yeah. Anything else? Any other surprises? That's all I got. That's it for me. Yeah, I got nothing else. I don't think. Good chat, boys. That was fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. always, as always. Uh, well, if you're still here, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you know, we appreciate your ears. Stay hungry out there. And if you like the podcast, please, please, please share it with your friends, your family. Bring your mom. We would very much appreciate that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at HFHT Podcast. And uh, you can follow Sterling with his podcast at 
um, hungry for Leafs or no Leafs Talk Pod on Twitter. That's correct. You can follow if you're a Leafs fan. If you're a Hawks fan, you can follow my podcast at Hawks Talk Pod on Twitter and follow the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet to uh, you know if you want to listen to your favorite team. We have we have a podcast for every team in the NHL. So so yeah, we're we're very happy to be um, you know partners with these guys, working with these guys producing with these guys so uh it's 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 a good little uh co-op that we're doing here uh we're, we're very happy to be a part of 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 their um i guess startup is is really what it is uh and we still appreciate y'all listening to us you know we 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 love you guys for for coming back every week and we very much appreciate you so keep coming back you know we love doing this and uh we'll talk to you guys soon bye See ya. See you later.